am I Reister or am I wrong? The LA Dodgers win the World Series, and I'm ecstatic for Clayton Kershaw, and I'll tell you why. The Rays manager, Kevin Cash, he is following analytics instead of manalytics and cost his team the game. It is on par for Major League Baseball that Justin Turner tested positive during the game for the coronavirus. I am absolutely off of Dabo Sweeney. He keeps making the wrong decisions and being opposed to all vote, no play. This dude's tripping. The Wisconsin Badgers, their COVID outbreak was absolutely inevitable because players live in the community. And of course, my parting shot. Am I right, sir, or am I wrong? Is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only here. Make sure that you check your feelings at the door because there's no BS allowed because I keep it 100. Make sure that you leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're watching it on YouTube, thumbs up, like it, and all of that. But most importantly, uh, in addition to subscribing, make sure that you share the podcast with a friend trying to make information that just that you guys love and care about. So please share texts and an email, whatever you need to do. Um, and you can get a hold of me, gwpodcast at unafraidshow.com. And you can listen to me as well on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast, wherever podcasts are found, and Fox Sports Radio Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and that's 5 to 8 Eastern time and weekdays filling in. But where we will start today is the Los Angeles Dodgers. (laughs) They win the World Series, and I could not be more happy. If you don't know, I live in Los Angeles. I am a Dodger fan and am a huge Clayton Kershaw fan, and I am never around for the Clayton Kershaw slander that is not tolerated around me. He's the best pitcher of the generation. This dude's absolutely amazing. But what happens to him? He, He gets in the playoffs and something falls apart at some point in time, whether it was the cheating or what, whatever. And he has gotten this label of being the quote unquote Peyton Manning of baseball. The guy who's so good in the regular season, but it just doesn't translate or come together altogether in the postseason. That's what you've heard about him, the Peyton Manning. He's still one of the all-time greats, but they use the Peyton Manning thing like it's a slur. Now that he's a champion, what are you going to say? I, this dude does great work out in the community. He's building uh, schools and, and, and doing philanthropy in Africa, here in the United States, and all over the place. But this is the man that we choose to slander. And I just think that it's incredible because let this dude go out and, and pitch against any one of you. Like, it's nice to sit up there in the air conditioning, criticizing players. When you didn't spend thousands of hours practicing, watching film, rehab, working out each year. None of that. Thousands of hours. And, I mean, he's now the Viola Davis of of sports. Viola Davis, the actress from How to Get Away with Murder, Fences with Denzel Washington. Everybody in the industry knew how great that she was. But it took a little bit of recognition from How to Get Away with Murder for people saying, My man, she's one of the baddest actresses around. Well, female actors of all time. That's what it is. Is Clayton Kershaw is finally getting his due. 
I'm excited. And uh, the only thing that could have made it better is for them to knock off the cheating ass Astros in the process. The team that they beat, though, the Tampa Bay Rays, their manager, Kevin Cash, he was following analytics instead of manalytics when it came to how he was using his pitchers. I have you followed my Twitter. I have long criticized Dave Roberts, a Dodgers manager, for how he manages the pitchers going back to Rich Hill in 2018, pulling people way too early. And last night, he pulls Blake Snell. Uh, He was dealing through, what, five innings. He had uh, two hits, nine strikeouts, and he pulled him after one out in the sixth inning. One out, pulled the man for what? Like, he did exactly what Dave Roberts would have done in the situation. And this is where the analytics go into the manalytics. Because, yes, the analytics tell you that hitters do better against pitchers when they facing them the third time through the lineup throughout the game. But you have to, as a manager and as a coach of a team, whether you're coaching a little league team or you're coaching a major league baseball team or an NFL team or whatever, the analytics can tell you one thing. But you can look at with your own eyes and say, okay, hold up. The analytics tell me this, but I'm watching a special day. Like I'm watching something that's not ordinarily happening. And that goes to what uh, Mookie Betts had to say about Blake Snell at the end. He was like, no, this is Cy Young Blake Snell. This is th- th- This was no hitter. This was an unbelievable day and we could not hit him. You had Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, and, and Justin Turner, who were up next for Blake Snell, and they were 0 for 6 with, stri- with six strikeouts against the dude, and the coach pulls him out. What kind of sense does that make? And then Betts, then you bring in the next dude, Nick Anderson. Betts doubles off him, um, and then like uh, it, it just all went to hell because they had second and third with one out. They ended up scoring. It was an absolute disaster. He was too smart for his own good. People, if you have any questions about analytics versus manalytics, go back to the previous podcast with the interview with Chris Matman, who is a NASA data scientist and rocket scientist talking about all of these things. You cannot just go off the numbers because there is a significant human element that the numbers cannot account for. And when your eyes tell you, I'm seeing something special, Don't look at the numbers. Say, all right, I'm throwing these numbers out the window because I got new data. There's new data sitting in front of me saying, don't do what the numbers said. And you keep rolling with it. So the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series. And they did so without Justin Turner. So he, their third baseman, he ended up having to leave the game in the eighth inning Because he tested positive for coronavirus. They had to pull him out during a game. During a game. So, here is what happened. According to Ken Rosenthal, he he tested positive. Well, they found out he tested positive the game yesterday afternoon before the game. Well, sorry, during the game, during the second inning, they found out he tested positive. So then those positive results, they ran another test today 
They came back positive again, and that was during the eighth, in, eighth inning. So this is not the case of a false positive. He was asked to leave the field, and then after the game was asked not to go on the field for the celebration, he insisted, and the Dodgers insisted upon it as well. That left me with a lot of questions because how on earth does it make sense that you play a game that you're supposed to, quote-unquote, in a bubble that they've done for this playoffs and you don't get your tests back before a game? You don't get your COVID test back before the second inning of a game. How does that make sense? But this is on par for baseball's testing policies this whole entire year. The beginning of the year, they couldn't get tests back. They had people, teams have to delay the start of training camp. They uh, stuff, they weren't getting things over the weekend, all of that. So how on earth did you start a game? Because that means that Justin Turner wasn't the only player, well, likely wasn't the only player that didn't get a test result back until the middle of the game. What kind of sense does that make? What is the point in testing? So that's why I got questions for the MLB. Did they just want to make sure that the World Series went off and every player got to play? Because there are so many questions about this. Because how does that happen? How do you let players on the field without knowing the results of their COVID tests? The MLB has some explaining to do. Uh, uh, Manfred, who sounded like an absolute train wreck after the game. Maybe it was the PA echo messing with how he sounded or or what, but the dude sounded drunk. It was not a good look. But then that led into Justin Turner after. So he was removed from the game, put into an office uh, during the game. But then after the game, after the celebration or taking pictures, all that, he's back on the field around the people's families who came down from the stands, all of that. Dodgers taking pictures with him, no mask, they're hugging, all of this. There is a little bit of this that I understand. Like, let, let, let's just be real about this. He had been around the team the whole entire time. Um, He was playing in the game. They had been hugging in the dugout, all of this. I get it. But it's a bad look out in the world because – they were just like COVID be damned, like kissing his wife, doing all doing just all sorts of things. You're just like, are you not paying attention? Are you not paying attention to the temperature in the room? It's just a bad look. And now the Dodgers may be stuck in Dallas for a while after uh, for days after they get tests or they may have to quarantine once they get back to L.A. This was I, I just couldn't understand what I was looking at. And we will get more. Actually, we'll we'll just go straight into the Wisconsin thing so we can talk more about the coronavirus for a second. The Wisconsin Badgers, they have had a significant COVID outbreak on their team. Twelve total people at this point in time, uh, six players. Well, over the past five, five days, six players, six uh, coaches slash staff, including the head coach, Paul Christ. But this was inevitable. Because players live out in the community. Wisconsin is having a big spike in the coronavirus. Here's the truth. We are still in the middle of a pandemic. Like, let's, I know everybody has COVID fatigue and you want it to be over, but it's not. It's not a hoax. It's not a myth. 
regardless of whether you feel like it will kill you or not, because you're 99 or depending on your age, 95% chance of survival. Granted, yes, I get all that, but we still don't know the long-term effects of it uh, that don't result in death or any of the other negative outcomes that we will learn over the next few years. So it's best to be safe and careful. But some people will tell you, oh, uh, some people are wearing masks, so it should be fine. It's my right. I look at this the same thing, the, the coronavirus, the same way I look at smoking. It is your rights stop at somebody else's health. Same thing like smoking. You used to be able to smoke indoors. You used to be able to do any of that stuff. But now you cannot because you were affecting other, those smokers were affecting other people's health. And now with Wisconsin football, the, the team has been decimated. And according to Big 12, Big 10 rules is that Paul Chris, the coach, has to be in isolation for 10 days per their CDC guidelines. Players who tested positive will be held out of competition for a minimum of 21 days. And one of them is their quarterback ish. One of them is their quarterback who just lit it up for four or five touchdowns the other day. Then they have to go through a battery of cardiac tests during that time to make sure of myocarditis and other issues that can happen and have to make sure that their respiratory system is fine and all of that. And they have to have a doctor approve them to return to play. But this was inevitable because of the outbreak going on in the community. Wisconsin, their game against Nebraska is now not only is it postponed, it's canceled because the Big Ten did not build any bye weeks in because they started so late. And some people will tell you, oh, well, the Big Ten made a mistake. Everybody else started early. This was a bad mistake. No, it wasn't. The SEC, ACC, and Big 12 don't have the same testing protocols and the return to play protocols that they have. And I, for one, am 100% supporting the Big 10, and I love their plan because it is literally about the safety of the players first, which should be paramount during this, especially when you're dealing with college kids who are not paid. It only makes sense. Um, the last thing up before the parting shot is Dabo Swinney. Oh Lord. Head coach at Clemson. I'm a man of faith. So I had liked Dabo Swinney for a long time. I mean, just was like, yo, this is the kind of guy I would want my kid to play for. The more and more I learned about Dabo Swinney, I'm like, "Mm, nah, bro. Nah, nah. Dabo Swinney is not supporting all vote. No play. This is an initiative by the NCAA, kind of spearheaded by Georgia Tech um, assistant basketball coach Eric Ravino. He had the idea of like having a day off for all the college sports so players can go vote. Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, David Cutcliffe at Duke don't like it. They say, oh, well, some of our kids are from out of state, some of them vote absentee. We don't need the day off. We should be practicing all this. They're more worried about practice than the basic civic responsibility of voting, of educating yourself on the propositions, on the senators and whoever else you have to vote for president. They think practice is more important. 
And I'm not cool with that. I think that that's garbage. I think that that's whack. And what Eric Ravino had to say about it, he said it was just clear to him when he first brought it up. He said, what has he done in his lifetime as a coach to help student athletes engage in their most basic civil civic responsibility? He said nothing, nothing. I mean, even Tom Herman agrees with, with this. And he said the transportation will be provided for the football players who wanted to go to the polls. Same thing with Minnesota's PJ Fleck. These guys get it. As a leadership position as a coach, you're supposed to be guiding these these young men as men. And if you're not encouraging them to use their basic civic responsibilities, you're missing part of the mark. You want them to be mentally healthy now, the way they can play better and won't get in trouble and make you more money. You want to uh, them to understand uh, no means no, how to be how to be better husbands, fathers, man, all of that stuff. But as long as it doesn't interfere with practice, right? Long as it doesn't interfere with your schedule. Come on, man! Like putting putting in your vote is more important than putting on pads. This is a big deal. Regardless of it just being this particular November 3rd, this is an idea because we don't have enough people vote. Maybe we need to change to a um, a different voting site. Ranked choice, which we talked about with uh, Chris Matman on the last podcast as well. This is a big deal. Um, So I'm off of Dabo. My parting shot, though. Some of you may remember this from a Jay-Z quote, or you may remember it from, well, Jay-Z lyric, or you may remember it from a proverb. Don't argue with fools because people from a distance can't tell who is who. That's the truth. That's the absolute truth. Don't argue with, with fools. Just know what you know. You try to spread information, but at the point in time you see that somebody won't let common sense get in the way of their argument, tell them, all right, you got it. Peace out. Am I right or am I wrong? I'm probably right, but if not, peace out. Catch you guys later.